Hi friend, I'm Rick Pasquale. I know God has a word for you today. As you listen, let God speak to you. He loves you and he has a great plan for your life. Now join us live for our service. Today we continue our series on miracles. They read to you our Bible verse of the month. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Last week, we started our series on miracles. We talked about the place that this particular miracle happened. It was Capernaum. It was a city on the north part of the Sea of Galilee. It was the home of the first four disciples selected. And um, it was a place that Jesus often went. Maybe because a number of the disciples were from there, but he chose to go back there. And this miracle happened there. So the word on the street was already there, Jesus is in town. But we talked about your place. The place was called Capernaum, but the place that the miracle happened was someone's home. Miracles can happen in your home. Okay, three people, again, believe that. Miracles can happen in your home. Okay, this is a voice interactive style service message. I can hear the people across the world on the live stream yelling amen, so don't get shy on me here. So your place is a, is a place that's important. But my third point was, it's his place. Because where Jesus is, it's a place the miracle happens. Jesus showed up in this man's home and a miracle happened. Jesus shows up here every week because we honor the Lord here. We lift him up. We sing praises unto him. We don't sing praises unto man. We sing praises unto God. We exalt his name. We give offerings unto the Lord. Hello? And because of that, it's important that we understand that is. His place is the place where miracles happen. The place where God shows up. You see, if this is the place that miracles happen, then you can understand that if a miracle is about to happen, there has to be preparation for the miracle. Somebody has to start believing. Last week, we, we emphasized that there has to be some action taken before the miracle. Somebody's got to move. Someone has to do something. And my first do something was, we got to start believing. Because God said, all manner of sickness and disease. So today, as you watch this little biblical illustration that, they're about to do for me. 
I want you to see with your own eyes what they're going to just enact it. But I want you to see it happening as if it happened a couple thousand years ago. Now, I'm not sure why they decided, all right, you hugged him long enough. Go on. Now, I'm not sure why those four characters, big, strong men like that, had to hold the, the, the mat way down like that. I don't know why that. I would have thought they would have held him up in the air. I'm sure in the Bible they held him up in the air. But we chose four weak guys today, and they kept him down low. But today I want you, even though they didn't show the strength I thought they would show, I want you to see that because now we have been able to see last week with the video clip and Today, with a little bit of interaction of Jesus actually saying, hey, your sins are forgiven, and then take up your mat and walk, something actually happened. You were able to see that with your eyes. Can you imagine the room that they saw that in the Bible days? See, you will find that in the Bible, this story was repeated three different times. Mark, as we've read, Mark, as we illustrated those exact words from Mark's gospel. Also, Matthew and also Luke. So three of the disciples had it written down that this miracle actually took place. This is one of those miracles I believe got a lot of people's attention because not every miracle in the Bible that's in the gospel is repeated multiple times. Some, it's only one time. So a miracle may have happened, but the other disciples didn't write it down. In this particular case, it was written down three times. So that means that it made an impression on a couple other people's minds as they saw this miracle. Now, we know that the miracle took place because these four friends of this man that was paralyzed brought him in a mat because he couldn't walk on his own to Jesus. So there was some action that took place before the miracle. In this case, it wasn't just the action on the guy on the mat. 
It was the action of some other people that were his friends. That they believed as well that a miracle could happen. You know, it's always important that if you want to have a miracle, that the people around you are saying a miracle is about to happen. Hello? Because you don't want to hear the opposite of that. No, a miracle's not going to happen. You're not believing the truth. You hear what I'm saying? I'd rather be around people that say, I believe in miracles. Hello? I believe miracles can happen. Why do miracles happen? Because the Bible says so. And I have seen with my own eyes miracles. Last week we asked the congregants that were attendant last week, how many have ever had a personal miracle? So I'm going to ask you again. How many of you in this room have ever had a miracle? Would you raise your hand? Wow. Now look around just for a second. Hold your hand up just for a second. Now look around the room. Look, 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 look. Okay, put your hands down. How many's had more than one miracle? That's almost the same number. Okay, put your hands down. Now some of you are sitting there saying, well, I've never had a miracle. Well, now you are surrounded by people that already know that miracles can happen. Please don't tell me you didn't get that point. The people around you are contagious. If they've received a miracle, they can believe you can have a miracle. I'm going to say that again. If they have received a miracle, they can believe that you can receive a miracle. So what I'm saying today is that right from the very beginning, there are people in this place that believe that God does miracles. I'm one of those people. You've watched people's hands go high in the air. They're part of this story. Today, I want to deal specifically with the action of the paralyzed man. Now, when you do a whole month of series on a particular Bible story or a particular Bible verse, I like to go into some of the little tiny facets of it. Some of the details that when you're preaching week to week and you're changing the topic, you can't really get into. So this year, with this is the place where amazing happens, we've taken actual places each month. One place per month. Last month was heaven. This month was a person's house in Capernaum. Big difference, isn't it? Miracles don't need to happen in heaven. Miracles need to happen here. Get this point. The miracles heaven has already happened. The miracles on earth, they're yet to happen. If you need a miracle today, you've come to the right place. Because there's people in this house, this place, that believe in miracles. Your pastor today is preaching that miracles can happen. If you're watching around the world like thousands of people are doing right now, I'm believing with you. The people in this room are believing with you that a miracle can happen for you today. So I want to talk to you. I've only got one point today. Say, Pastor, that's one point? Yeah, watch how it goes. Action of the paralyzed man. To his friends... 
He said, get me to Jesus. He's in town. And I heard that when he shows up, miracles happen. So here's a paralyzed man. He can't walk on his own. He, has, he must have some good buddies. And he says to his buddies, get me to Jesus. The first thing that he had is he had a need. It's the very first thing he had. He had a need. His need was he was paralyzed. Now, I don't know about you, but if you are paralyzed... You don't have options. You're up to having others care for you. As most of you know, I had for many years in our family, we, my brother was a quadriplegic, which means he had no action from his arms or his legs. He sat in a wheelchair for many, many, many years. From the age of 19 to the age of 52. He broke his neck in a pool of water and he was paralyzed. So he could not feed himself. He couldn't walk. Couldn't go to the bathroom by himself. He had to have someone care for him every day of his life. So this kind of a story is very personal to me. I can remember how it happened in my life is that, that I, I knew that my brother had had this accident. I was in Texas preaching a crusade. And I got the message that my brother had broke his neck and I was right in the middle of my message at a church. And that day a lady came up and she had just been a major car accident along with others. And so that her her body was out of proportion. The surgery had not gone well. And she was in excruciating pain. And she walked almost hobbling. Her husband was unsaved. Never attended church. But they found out that I was going to be there that day. The pastor had said, we're going to believe for miracles. So she said to her husband, come with me to this service. I'm going to believe for a miracle today. And somehow, the husband decided, I'm going to go with her. If she says there's a miracle, I'd rather that my wife that's hobbled and, and cannot stand up straight and is in excruciating pain, she believes of her miracle, I'm going to go with her, I'm going to see the miracle. That day as she hobbled to the front, along with many others. I laid my hands on her. I had her husband, an unbelieving man, stand directly behind her because I knew I had faith to believe that God could heal her right there on the spot. So I asked that man, what's wrong with your wife? I didn't ask her, I asked him. Big man. He says, my wife is extreme pain. She had a car accident. Broke a number of the vertebrae in her back. Both hips have been broken. 
terrible conditions, extreme pain. And she, he said to me, and she believes in a miracle. I said, would you do me a favor, sir? Would you take your two hands and would you put them on her hips? I'm going to place my hands on top of your hands. He took his hands. Big, man, I've said that right twice. Puts his hands on her hips, staring at me over his wife's shoulder. I took my hands and I put my hands on top of his hands. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be healed. And immediately the virtue of God flew into her body. And the man fell backwards. And she fell backwards on top of her husband. Bam! Just like that. Buddy, there was a lot of people yelling, yay, 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 because they didn't know what had happened. And that man, his eyes were still wide open, staring at me like, what just happened? Because he knew I didn't push him over. He knew that somebody behind him didn't pull him down. It had to be God that touched him. So I helped her up. I reached my hand. There were some aides there. They helped me. And we lifted her up, and she began to do like this. And her husband's still laying there, kind of going. She kind of stepped up her step a little bit more. Hope this camera's doing a good job. And all of a sudden, I saw her doing like this. And I'm saying, there, are you feeling okay? She says, yeah, something, something happened. The man's still laying there going. I said, sir, what just happened? Well, I know that I know that she used to have extreme pain and she couldn't do that because of the accident. This one thing I know, she came in here crippled up, but now God has touched her life and she is now healed. Yay, God! I said, who did that? He said, well, you touched my hands. I said, who do you think touched my hands? I said, did I, because I wanted to make sure he, because he, he looked like one of them big old bruisers that would be, have a hard time believing. I said, how do you think you fell to that ground? He said, well, well, well. I said, well, What? He said, you didn't push me. I'm too big for that. I said, that means God pushed you. Who do you think healed your wife? I think God did. I think maybe you ought to start believing. And tears started coming down his face. Now remember, in my mind, my brother had just broken his neck. Shook the pastor's hand, got on an airplane as soon as possible that afternoon, and flew from Houston, Texas to Kansas City. By then, they had drilled the holes in my brother's head and put him in the striker frame, put the, the globe on top of his head. If you ever break your neck, that's what happens. They laid him in a striker frame, which is the frame that flips up and down like this so that you don't, your circulation still happens. 
when I got to the hospital, I ran in. They said he's on intensive care on this floor. And at that time, he was turned upside down. And I kind of dove underneath the, the striker frame and looked up at my brother's face. He saw that I was there at 19 years of age. And the tears started dropping on my face. I said, oh, God. God, please do a miracle for my brother. You just healed some lady I didn't even know in Houston. You can heal my brother. And the tears just kept falling on, his, on my face. I laid there for a long time. So when I preach about this paralytic man, this is personal to me. This isn't one of those Bible stories that say, I don't know anything about that. This, this one is very personal. Because that day my brother wasn't healed. How many times did he get prayed for? Thousands. My dad would put him on planes to fly to crusades. Not only my crusades, not only his crusades, but other people's crusades, thinking that if we go somewhere else, there's going to be a miracle. He lived to be 52 years of age. A year and a half ago, he died. He died of a heart attack, never having any heart problems. Still paralyzed from his neck down. That's why it's very personal to me. Why didn't God heal my brother? How many prayers did I have to pray? How many other people had prayed for my brother? But we never saw the miracle. Do you know what my brother's response was all of those years? I believe. Someday I'm going to walk again. People would come to him and say, how come God, I don't know why God hasn't healed me, but someday I'm going to walk again. Now you would say, how could a man that had all the potential in his life in front of him have that kind of faith to believe because there was something down deep in his life that believed he was one prayer away from a miracle. Now I can tell you that my brother is in heaven running today. My brother's not walking. My brother's running. And someday I will get to see him. And I will see him running. And I will know that I know that the lives that he touched by his story was thousands upon thousands of people. That in the midst of a terrible crisis, you can still have faith to believe for miracles. I wish miracles could happen the moment we pray. And some miracles happen that fast. Others' miracles, it takes a little while. It takes a little journey. The paralyzed man had been paralyzed. It does not say specifically in all the studies I did how long he was paralyzed. It could have been from birth. All we know through Scripture is that 
he was paralyzed. He was called a paralytic in the Bible. Second thing, he didn't have another solution. He was out of options. Like other stories, I'm sure he's tried many doctors. And doctors can't help us. But I can tell you this, he had faith to believe that something was going to happen that day. Thirdly, he had heard of miracles. Wow, I only heard of a miracle? But I believed that I could convince my four friends to put me on mat and carry me across town to somebody else's house? He must have had some good friends. He had some friends. I'd rather be around friends, as I said earlier, that speak life to me. That speak positive to me. Even though my brother was in that condition for all of those years, he always spoke positive. It didn't stop him from going. He had season tickets to the baseball team called the Detroit Tigers. He went to almost every game. He had a little bit of muscle tone in his one shoulder. And it gave him enough strength after a lot of rehab that he could push his arm just by using this shoulder muscle right here. That's the only strength he had. And they spent the funds that was necessary and they worked an electric chair that all he had to do was move his arm and the chair could run. So my mom would put him in the, in the van and take him to baseball games and take him. He started collecting various things, knives and cars and coins. and He, he, he enjoyed life. He went on to get his degree at the university, and then he, he went to the prison and started being a counselor, and he started doing things in, in the church. He, he became the youth leader in the church. And every week, he, he'd buy the kids food so that they would come to church. Say, so you come to church, you're going to get pizza tonight. And so the youth group would come to church. He sang in the choir. Then all of a sudden, one day I was there and I was preaching in the church that he attended and he says, we have a special surprise today. I said, oh, what's the surprise going to be? Your brother's going to sing a solo. I'd never heard my brother sing in my life. And they hooked up a microphone and bent it down in the wheelchair and there was my brother singing a solo. And I'm thinking, wow, wasn't that good? But he was making an effort. He was showing the world around him that I'm not going to stop because I've got a handicap or I got something. I'm still believing that there's going to be a moment in my life where God shows up and a miracle is going to happen. He said it to his neighbors. His neighbors loved him. His funeral, man, people I'd never seen before in my life showed up at his funeral because God had made an impact. In their life, with his story, this guy was kind of probably kind of just like that. 
He had some friends because he was a personable guy. He was a guy that could say, come on, I need some help today. So he got him to help him. They must have heard that Jesus was coming and his friend was not going to stop. He wasn't stopping until those friends took him. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. Matter of fact, he was probably so persistent, he says, I want to go right now. Anybody like that? Anybody like that? You want to be honest? Three people in the whole room want to be honest. Everybody else likes it to take a long time for anything to happen. How many go to the restaurant and just, it's okay that it takes forever? Are you good with that? I'm not good with that. When I order my food, I expect in a few moments there's going to be food coming on my, I'm going to pay for it, so bring me the food. Not when you get around to bringing me the food. Get them on, bring it. Hello? I'm the only person in the whole room that likes that. You guys just like sit around and say, oh, it's okay, I've waited over an hour now. That's okay. I just like sitting here staring at a blank plate. How many's like that? You just don't care. Just, I just want to stare at the blank page. Abby, you're the only person in the whole church. Dear God, dear God, Abby. You need some work on that department. Hear me. We want stuff to happen. This guy was saying, I want something to happen now. Get me to Jesus. Now, I don't know what he had to do. I don't know how much he had to say. But he had to have something to convince them to get him to Jesus. Because it wasn't going to be easy. No. When they got to the house, the house was jam-packed. It's kind of like this building today. Kind of like the altar will be here in a moment. This place will be jam-packed with people. And I've got all the kids out. And I got all the teenagers out of this room right now. And it's still packed. But in a moment, when we bring you forward for prayer, you're going to have a moment to press through a little bit of a crowd to get to this altar so that you can receive the prayer. This guy, I mean, can you imagine? He, he, they're carrying the mat. Four guys. I'm sure he's not light. And they're carrying the mat, and they get to the front door, and the people are all scattered, and they can't get in. So I'm sure the guy said, hey, hey, look, plan B, we're going on top of the roof. What? We're going on the roof? No, we ain't carrying you up there. Do you know how hard that's going to be to carry you up a ladder? The Bible says that in most of these houses, there was a ladder to get to the second floor. Can you imagine carrying this guy on a ladder? They got him to the ladder. <laughs> and I'm sure one of those guys said, uh-uh. I'm too weak for this. I ain't doing this. You ain't got enough money. I like you, but I don't like you that much. I would die if I carried up to you. I get you up there, I'm going to die. I ain't carrying you up this ladder. Those four guys couldn't even lift him up to his shoulders. 
Can you imagine? That's the lightest guy we have in the whole church. They couldn't even lift him out. I thought they were going to bring a little kid out or something. They got wimpy on me. They couldn't carry him in a straight line up here. Can you imagine carrying him up a ladder to on top of this roof? And then when we get on top of the roof, there's no hole. Can you hear the guy on the, on the, on the mat saying, hey, dig through that roof right now. What? No, this is somebody else's house. In today's society, we'd say, we're going to get sued. I can't make a hole in somebody else's roof. I'm going to get sued if I make a hole in somebody else's roof. Hello? Now, can you imagine right there happens to be a nice little square, and, and all of a sudden, some guys on top of our roof punches the hole and all this place is filled with people. I bet there's some ticked off people down here. Because all that dirt, it's probably a thatched roof made of straw and mud and other sticks and those kind of things. Those roofs were made out of that in those days. Now, there is no way they didn't drop all that debris on top of all those people down there. We came early. We got a seat. No, 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 no. Whoever's up there, stop that. But the paralyzed man said, uh-uh. Get me down. Put me through that hole that you're about to make. Now, can you imagine, how do you get four good friends to agree to do something that's not really legal? I'm sure he got one. Maybe two, but I know there had to be a naysayer in the group. Get four of your friends together and see how many of them are going to be positive. Somebody's going to try to talk you out of that. No, 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 no. Uh-uh, this ain't the time. We'll come back tomorrow. We'll find out the next house. We'll get there early. Hello? All right, let's just take a poll. How many of you would have been happy for your friend to dig a hole in the roof? Okay, six people in the whole room. How many would have said, let's come up with another plan? Okay, how many will not raise your hand no matter what I ask? Yeah. Because you don't want to say one way or the other. I can tell you, you wouldn't have done nothing. You would have just said, oh, well, he can't dig it himself. Huh? I'm going to say, too bad, huh? He can't dig it, so he ain't going. Listen, it's going to take action. It's going to take action on the part of the paralytic. It's going to take action on the part of the friends. It's going to take action. So you can't quit. Once you start the plan, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. I'm going to receive my miracle. Every day you got to get up and say, I believe. There's going to be obstacles. I'm just telling you. There's going to be friends that will be obstacles. <laughs> there's going to be naysayers. There's even going to be modern medicine that says there's no cure. Hello? There's going to be people that say, no, there's no cure for that. Listen, God has the final word. God does, not man. 
Not the brightest man, not the smartest man. God gets the final word in our lives. It will be risky because there's going to be others watching you wondering what you're going to do. For me, I'm going to live for God. For me, I'm going to, be, I'm going to take my chances. I'm going to take my chances with God. Do you hear what I just said? You guys know, you know, I told a little bit of the story last week. You know, last year, that's why they're making a big fuss. Where's a baseball game going on at the church picnic? And I, I broke my ribs. I broke my sternum. I, I had some issues. Last play of the game, I dove and I hurt some things. And it was bad. I was flying, I was in the hospital for four days. On the fifth day, they find, I finally convinced the doctor, let me go. I got to get to America. I got a meeting. He says, you can't fly. I said, come on, doc, let me go. Finally, he let me go. When I got to America, they took me straight to the hospital, and the doctor was so mad. You, you could die. You could have died. It was risky. But I wanted to... Get to America because I had to get to a meeting. You know, when people pray, stuff happens. I'm going to say it again. When people pray, things happen. And I know a bunch of you were praying for your pastor. Do you know what happened from the time I got on the plane to the time I got to the hospital in America? Somehow... God had reached in my sternum and fixed it. The x-ray showed that my ribs were broken, four, five, and six, cracked, bad, separated. Sternum cracked in Italy, MRI. In America, MRI, no crack. The doctor that was so ticked off, ready to have a fit, that the doctor in Italy had let me fly, he... She, she says, well, this shows me on this scan, crack sternum. This shows me on American scan, no crack. She says, what happened between Italy and America? I said, I can tell you what happened. God reached in that sternum and said, because I knew I was about to meet you, a cranky old person, and that God had a healing on my sternum so that you could see a miracle that happened. Somebody's got to speak faith. Somebody's got to believe faith. Faith happens when we have action. We demonstrate action. Action says, I believe God. Action says, I'll pray. Action says, I'll get some friends to help me pray. But if I get to Jesus, I'm going to get a miracle. That was what that guy kept saying. Come on, get me to Jesus. Because the miracle's about to happen. I mean, I know this guy just laid there. If I was him, I'd been yelling. They didn't let me be in the drama. I would have said, Jesus, I need some help. This guy just laid there. He probably did what the drama coach told him to do. Just lay there. Act like you're paralyzed. Is that what you told him to do? Just act like you're paralyzed? <laughs> 
He, didn't, he wasn't paralyzed with his voice. I said, hey, Jesus, now that I'm down here, matter of fact, as they were letting me down through the roof, I'd be, hey, Jesus, I'm here, and I know that miracles happen, and I need to start walking. What would you have done? How many would have just gone? How many would have started talking on the way down? How many are not going to raise any hand for no reason? I would have been saying, Jesus, I'm here. Jesus. And you say, well, that's not really friendly. You just pushed all them people out of the way. Listen, I needed the miracle. I'm the guy that's been paralyzed. I need the miracle. And I know that things happen in this house because Jesus is there. He says, hey, your sins are taken care of. And that ticked some people off. There were some religious people in the house. How does that guy have the authority to con- tell that guy his sins are gone? Jesus perceived it. The Bible says it there. Jesus perceived it. He says, okay, get up, take your mat and walk. I'm telling you, <laughs> God's so cool sometimes. What can those guys say next? Well, that's kind of strange. I'm sure some of them were having some secret meetings saying, oh, he must not have been paralyzed. He must not have had, I mean, they must have made up this story. Let me tell you, my friend, the Bible says they had never seen anything like this. All them other people in that house knew that a miracle had just taken place. I've never seen anything like it. Mark Gospel says it like this. So he said to them, to the man, I tell you, get up. Take your mat and go home. It wasn't man's words. It was God's words. All I can tell you about that lady in Houston, she walked that day with no pain. All I can tell you is that I believe in miracle. All I know is that you're one prayer away from a miracle. Today is the story of the paralyzed man. But what is your story? What sickness, what condition, what ailment do you have that you say, man, I need a miracle? Last week, we began to pray for miracles. I believe this is the season for our church to see signs and wonders, like the Bible says. In the last days, there will be signs and wonders. There will be miracles. Why? Because I got some believing people in this church that still believe miracles happen. But it's going to take some action. In a moment, you'll be given the opportunity to walk to the front of this room and pray with us for a miracle in your life. And I'm going to believe, just like that paralytic man did, that if I get to Jesus, a miracle's going to happen. I'm not Jesus. I just know who Jesus is. You hear what I just said? I'm not Jesus. But I know Jesus. He is the healer. Whether you're halfway across the world watching this, I'm just telling you, when we begin to pray, I want you to pray with us that God's going to do something special in your life.
Would you bow your head? Thank you for listening. I pray that you heard from God today. And today I want to say a prayer with you. You need to make sure Christ lives in your life. So would you please say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. And I pray right now that you will come into my heart and into my life. And from this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I'm going to stop doing because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. I know that if you've said that prayer today that you're going to have a life change. Things are going to be incredibly different for your life, and we'd love to help you. So if you would go to our website, icfrome.org, and make contact with us, I'd love to give you some information and get you connected to a church. Remember, God loves you, and He has a plan for your life. Bless you.